2: Listener discretion is advised. Hey, it's Charlie, Negative Modifiers Game Master. First off, thank you for giving us a listen. As always, expect something horrible to happen to the players. If you're a fan, support us by leaving a review on iTunes. If you hate the show, consider doing it anyway and enjoying the fact that you've inflicted us on someone else. For the most up-to-date news in the podcast, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. And with that...
0: Previously on Hawthorne's Crusade... The agents of f found themselves partial survivors of an unknown opponent's attempt to eliminate members of Delta Green via the weaponization of unnatural vectors. Finding themselves sidelined for observation following their temporal displacement, f was approached by a figure representing the other Delta Green. And with reinforcing agent in tow, deployed to Savannah, Georgia to investigate a spree of serial strangulations, what began as a straightforward serial killer hunt rapidly evolved into a spiraling series of events, culminating in the abduction, interrogation, and dispatchment of a suspect whose death brought a monstrous entity from f past back into its present.
2: So it's been a few months since Savannah, Georgia. We'll even say it's been three months exactly at this point. We've pushed into the following year. If you want to January, it's snowy out, it's winter. What have your agents been up to since then? Uh, Obviously, Foxtrot is nursing a new disorder of some kind. Firestar has a new relationship, and Florence is kind of finally getting her life back. The whole being dead thing's being reversed. Slowly, it's not there yet, but you're more alive again legally than not kind of thing. You still have the occasional hiccup. You can get on planes again if you want. Maybe parts of your bank account are still frozen. But yeah, the the Mm -hmm. thaw of being temporarily dead or temporarily declared dead, it's beginning to lift some.
1: You're coming back to normal life, but it's not quite as a hindrance as it used to be. So what have you been up to? Just to introduce, my, uh, my new uh, mental disorder is uh, paranoia as a result of my interaction. So my normal level of reconnaissance has pretty much doubled with just daily interactions because the idea of having this thing show up again is really terrifying, especially because it knew my name. So,
2: yeah. That feels about right. Like you came to face to face with something real terrifying and maybe you didn't see it was real terrifying, but kind of that monkey animal brain at some deep down level realized how just unbelievably screwed you were potentially in that moment, like Apex Predator screwed.
1: Yeah. So I bought a couple more weapons. I kept the uh the bullets and the gun from Florence with the magic bullets. And I keep that one right in between my mattress when I sleep at night. So stuff like that right now is kind of what uh what I've been doing. Even though I have kind of, you know, made friends with the neighbor and all that stuff, it's still very much a box shot S friendship where it's definitely arm's length. So
2: Yeah, you're still calling it the neighbor woman after all.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So that's pretty much it. I change locations every once in a while where I go get tea and all that. I don't go yeah. to the same spot anymore. I, I I'm purposely changing up certain creep like habits that I've had before, as far as like my creature of habit locations for like tea and parks. I go to all that stuff gets changed. Your routine can't
2: get you kidnapped. If you don't have a routine. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Kind of leads into that paranoia aspect of it too. Mm-hmm. It's always weird to think about like Foxtrot and theory would have a very interesting life, except for the fact that no, it's just kind of say missions and being a weirdo at home kind of, not, not weirdo, but kind of being a recluse at home kind of thing. It's the interesting kind of, Reflection of the character in some ways, where it's like, "What have you done in three months? Not much."
1: Yeah, or I mean, if anybody asks, I'm just going to say nothing.
2: Yeah, no, exactly.
1: The last thing I want to do is give people more, even more information about me. I mean, it was bad enough we were trading information in case we needed to contact each other outside of Delta Green, and I still didn't give the the team my real name. (laughs) So, in my mind, I'm hoping they didn't catch it. That you know, it was a
2: tense situation.
1: Yeah. I'm doing my best to kind of just uh, not acknowledge it and all that. So yeah, very much uh, a lot more alert and cautious. So
2: that's kind of interesting. I do the idea Like in your mind, you've been exposed, like at the back of your mind, you're like, Oh God, there's a crack in the shield of how like covered up. And that's an interesting kind of idea. Another manifestation of your new paranoia is just kind of this idea. I like, guess you have these workplace accomplices in crime apparently, but like, they now have a semi-personal thing about you. And that's bad. That's bad yeah. in your world. kind. that's, that's an interesting take on it actually. Yeah. That's cool.
1: Yeah. Well, the other thing too, with me is like the concept is in my line of work, you don't want to get burned. Like once, once you're burned and people know who you are or you're recognizable, that's it. You're useless. Yeah. And so I, since my thing has always been the mission and getting things done, being burned means I can't do my mission. And if I can't do my mission, my sense of meaning as a person is, you know, unaccomplishable. And so, uh, yeah, it's one of those things where like when people retire from working and few months or, you know, a few months after retiring, they usually just die because they, they don't have their motivating factor anymore. Yeah, they
2: got no steam left. Yeah.
1: Yep. So, and I refuse to fall down that. So I'm upping the stakes basically to try to ah, sure. stay off. The, well, at least just be as uh, forgettable as possible because, the idea of getting burned or being revealed is terrifying for my character. So how
2: does that barista know you have a usual who has a usual anymore? Why is she paying that much attention to you? Yeah. I like that. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
2: That's Foxtrot. Recluse squared at this point. Yeah. It's up with Firestar. He's got a new relationship. He's uh, back on a team. If you will, he's no longer in T cell. He's kind of meshing with F cell well enough, bringing his weird skills to play. He picked up in T cell. Like, arguments might be the most positive turn in his life in a while. Like, he's come back from being in t which means he can maybe have more of a life again. Like, what's up with him at this point?
3: Firestarter absolutely is in a spot where he's, like, enjoying what he can when he can. Yeah. He's absolutely become a hedonist um, over the the time uh, that he's been there. I don't know exactly what relationship with his daughter kind of turned out to be. Um, especially when it came to kind of being with T cell, they may or may not be on like a no contact sort of situation at this point in time. Well, because
2: that bond is dead at this point, not, not dead, but like that's a totally burned out bond, right? Yeah, no, I never, I didn't
3: kind of pick back up with his daughter. I kind of like left that as to an open ended sort of thing of just like what happened to his daughter? He doesn't talk about it. Yeah. He doesn't even think about it really. He's free man or he's just living as he can. He takes little pleasures in life. like, Let's let's enjoy this little burner. Let's have fun with this with this individual that they've kidnapped. So of all the people to just kind of have a home situation, he is living it up, happy with his new open relationship, just going about enjoying this new bar, enjoying the patrons, the people that he can meet and everything else like that. Weirdly enough, seems kind of like a fun, outgoing individual.
2: Yeah. Makes sense. Kind of that fine line between reckless self-harming and like actually outgoing in a sane way type of situation.
3: Oh yeah. I mean, if it's one of those things where I'm also quite close to my breaking point and if anything else, Firestarter seems like a perfect candidate to be a sex addict.
2: Fair enough. We'll see what happens when we get there, I suppose. I guess any character stuff you want to talk about happened in those three months besides that, or like I'm assuming the relationship with the new kind of boyfriend is going well. You've actually
3: had time to do, you know, the fireman thing. Yeah. Weirdly enough, I have a decent relationship with my station chief still. Like, of all the people to seem as if they should have like a really fucked up home life, Firestarter should be kind of that individual. Yeah. I don't even know how to explain like his relationship to work anymore. Like, he kind of still feels good about like saving homes and whatnot, or at least he's doing something. But another portion of it is really just kind of like, this is. Is in-between time from when he finally actually gets to let loose.
2: Yeah, yeah, compared to the real work he's doing, his actual job, kind of the, the important job. Being a fireman is so quaint. Oh, you saved a couple people from a burning building? La-di-da. I'm used to, like, fighting real evil in life and stuff like that. Yeah, I could, I could definitely see kind of the more, like, you go down this path. Like, he's used to kind of saving lives on, in his mind, like an apocalyptic scale kind of thing. Just what he deals with when he's on Delta Green Operations is so much more than, oh, it was a fire, it was an arsonist. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: Like, I'm certain that at some point in time, he's probably tried to hit up Fiddlesticks and just be like, what's up with this nethra dude? And, or at least, like, especially with his time um, with Fiddlesticks, trying to figure out what the hell is up with this nethra dude. He yeah. has an, a slight understanding, but coming face-to-face with God's shitty old roommate. <laughs> He's a little bit more eh, life is short. Make it make whatever you can out of it.
2: Yeah. I will say to think, kind of I can understand what he was faced with kind of thing. It was more just, yeah, it, I kind of have an overwhelming sense of there was nothing you could do in that moment that would go well for you, kind of thing. Yeah. And if Fiddlesticks responded through any of that, it's been kind of vague and we'll talk about it later, if at all, type of stuff. She she's been very busy though too and talk about that some other time, I suppose. But yeah, no, I I guess with that in mind, though, two, let's jump over to Florence, who kind of did try and text Bill Sticks as part of this. Agent Tranch did kind of get back to her just with an oh shit kind of vibe of like, yeah, I know kind of thing. He's around more than I want to talk about, but no more follow up on that. But again, you've had three months between Delta Green Operations, Agent Florence. What have you been up to with that time?
0: I think that Lawrence has been, she's been going back to work. She's also really been considering just quitting her job, but she hasn't done that yet. She's doing a lot of research on like what you need to qualify to work as an FBI, like biologist. Yeah. Uh, And she already has a degree for it. It's just, there's a lot of, of training you have to go through to be able to carry a gun and everything. She's not sure if she wants to do that. Also, the pay cut is kind of crazy, but it would make her second job easier while she is having this uh, this time off away from Delta Green. She wants to get a tattoo of the elder sign on her left palm. All right. If that's possible.
2: Uh, It's definitely possible. I guess my one point on that would be from a professional standpoint kind of having a that visible tattoo might be a hindrance in some ways. Like, I'm not quite sure how the CDC feels about visible tattoos, but I could imagine from a federal standpoint. Palm tattoos are pretty drastic maneuver, I guess, but yeah, you could make a fist or whatever and kind of cover it up
0: that way. Yeah, I mean, honestly, she's so confident in her like ability that she's pretty sure that the CDC would reprimand her if they wanted to, but she's almost confident that they wouldn't fire her. And uh, she's not sure if she's really gonna quit for the FBI. It's a big decision to make. Sure, she's been spending what time she Elizabeth will spend with her. Yeah, I imagine that they're not they're not moving back in together anytime soon.
2: No, they they are not. But so yeah, you can do this tattoo if you want. Definitely, I, I guess. So like, are you paying someone? Do you kind of get you're gonna kind of get yourself some tattooing tools. Like, how you going about this? Because it is the elder's sign. It does kind of require. A little bit of juice to have do what you want to do kind of thing
0: yeah i mean basically what she's gonna do is she's gonna go pay somebody to uh teach her how to use a tattoo gun sure and spend some time doing that and then once she has it done she's gonna set up a sterile shop in her garage and just do it herself
2: no all this makes sense within kind of the context of florence's yeah she pulls it off like it's not a great looking tattoo but it's not a Complicated design either, and she takes her enough time with it. And yeah, she now has this very strange symbol on her left palm. If she wants it,
0: Uh, yeah, as long as it's functional, that's all she wants. She doesn't doesn't need to be nice. She's not. (laughs) She wasn't looking to be a tattoo artist in life, so you know she. And I mean, yeah, she's she's actually thinking about possibly going on vacation again. Probably around the time that we're getting contacted.
2: Yeah. So kind of. End of January rolls around. It's been some time. The time off has been nice. Maybe things are settling down some. Like, this is the more... Those of you that have been three in London, this is more of the normal cadence. This kind of back-to-back operation thing has been a little bit strange. There's not this much weird happening that frequently, but for some reason it was. But yeah, so, so it's a lazy Sunday of some kind. Depending on where you are, maybe there's some snow. I think all of you are actually in warm climates, so there wouldn't be snow. It's kind of that nice not too hot, hasn't gotten to have that swampy part of certain winters, like it's nice. It's the fun parts of living somewhere warm where you have to brag about how warm it is compared to everywhere else in the U.S. kind of thing and flex on them that way. And you know the drill by now. Phone goes off. It's the unrecognized number kind of thing. You pick up, it's Miss Pine. Agent, we're sending you to Ann Arbor, Michigan. How's everyone react to this? This is the first time you've heard from Pine though too since, in one case, and since two of you came back from Vermont, and this is maybe the first time that has actually ever dealt with her in a very long time, if at all, ever.
0: Lawrence asks a lot of questions that aren't related to Michigan. She's asking about Francis and and if she has any updates. He, he's, as
2: far as we can tell, still in complicated medical situation. He hasn't gotten worse, but he hasn't gotten better. Honestly, we're not keeping close tabs on him. Things have started to calm down some, and what happens medically is what happens medically at this point. Could go either way. You know kind of how prolonged comas are. is a response to all of that. She's kind of, we can talk about all this in person. I'll, I'll be meeting you in Michigan. We can talk about all that there. We shouldn't be talking about this on the phone, though, either.
3: Right. Or to satisfy. Anything for anyone else? Firestarter feels actually kind of a little bit of a sense of relief in being kind of called up. Gets to kind of be away for a little bit. I don't think he's been to Michigan before. So this is going to be kind of interesting for him. He kind of covers this up as a, ah, I've got a long-form client I will be kind of working with for a little bit, so I'll be gone for maybe about like a week or two, if that's fine. We'll see how it g- kind of goes about as he's talking to his new boyfriend. Or this cover, he can kind of leave for a decent amount of time.
2: Yeah. You've been asked to kind of show up and kind of talk about fire effects and terrorist bomb situations. Again, it's your friend the Patriot Act getting you out of work, for better or worse. Last but not least, Foxtrot, any kind of response on your end or just time to get to the field?
1: Is not picking up the phone an option because I don't trust who's on the line?
2: You would know this is the Delta Green number, but used to this kind of behavior so far. You recognize the number enough to like? okay, it's probably Delta Green.
1: Okay, so then, yeah, I just hear that and I don't say anything. I'll just, once I hear what, you know, the assignment is and I just hang up. Yeah, makes sense. Because I'm assuming, obviously, everything that's showing up get me to Ann Harbor, Michigan's going to show up anyway, like the previous missions. So. Makes sense.
2: Yeah, so let's talk about Michigan in January. It is cold. Not like cold, cold, but definitely cold than all of you are used to on your day-to-day basis. It's Michigan, famous for being cold. And so if you land, pretty non-event. You rent cars, you kind of like do an Uber or
3: something to the address. Uber. All right. As far as taking a taxi, he has no idea how to drive in the snow there.
1: I will uh, rent a vehicle cash if possible.
2: Makes a lot of sense. So something feels weird when you approach the address that you were given as part of your kind of invite to Ann Arbor, you realize the address is at the University of Michigan.
0: Oh, Lawrence is happy to be on the campus of a university. Yeah. Perfect setting for her.
2: The address you have is a Starbucks. The campus is big. It's kind of like almost a small town of sorts. And it's a Starbucks that like its own building. That's like kind of a strip mall-style Starbucks on the campus, if you will. So Florence is happy because it's an uh, academic setting. What are the other two's reactions?
1: Question. Is this Starbucks on a parking lot, or is it like one of those ones that's like on campus, on campus? It's on campus, it's... on campus. Okay. Hmm. How far is the closest parking lot from there?
2: Depends how much you want to pay. Like There's visitor parking, obviously, closer. There's like you could find street parking if we wanted to walk enough distance.
1: Okay. But there's no parking within line of sight of the Starbucks. No. Right? Okay.
2: Not obvious parking.
1: Okay. Well, I, I guess I'll just I'll park further away than convenient and um I will not actually go to the Starbucks, but I'm definitely gonna be looking around the area. I'm counting cameras if I see any, things like that, and kind of keeping track of entrances and exits and things like that now. Just uh, out of my newfound paranoia. But I'm definitely not approaching the building. Sure.
2: Yeah, it's normal kind of college security at this point. Like nothing too out there. It's got the blue kind of boxes you can press for alerts. Lots of co-eds kind of mingling about. I feel a tad out of place because you look out of place to a certain extent.
1: Yeah, well, I'm, uh, yeah, considering I'm a lot older than what the usual college crowd would be. It's already uncomfortable enough to be on the campus as it is because yeah. I stand out. And standing out's already a bad sign. Firestarters
3: is having a field day. He's absolutely gone to college for fire science and whatnot before, Uh, only really a community college. He's just kind of doping about, kind of sightseeing at the same time, just checking out the campus and whatnot, taking his time to kind of get to the Starbucks. And if anyone asks, he's like, oh, just prospective student. I know I'm starting late, but can't graduate if you don't attend.
2: Yeah. The the, the reality, too, is the big enough campus, people just kind of walk through them. It's a bizarre phenomenon that, like, if it's a campuses like the University of Michigan have a security problem where they're big enough that like people might just go there for lunch because it's the closest option with a food court. It's a very bizarre thing that happens. Like it's also just might be driving through it or walking through it might be the most direct path where you're trying to get to kind of, it's it's basically a small town at that point. Maybe try and go around it for traffic reasons, but interacting with it's a thing you might do more frequently than not
3: if you're just kind of looking for cheap food or a Starbucks or something like that. I mean, like, it's technically a public place. Yeah. It's not like an elementary school where it's just like, that's nah, kind of creepy. It's so oh, yeah, no, yeah.
2: It I was more kind of bringing up the fact that, like, security on college campuses and universities is weird because it's like, no, people can just walk on here and there's no reason they can't be here, hypothetically. Yeah, it's so like, what do you have to kind of put up a front? It's just like,
3: yeah, you're here for Starbucks or whatever? Cool. It's a city park that is populated with hot young adults. Let's go. Well, it's
2: January in Michigan, so it's hot young adults under, like, giant Gore-Tex coats and stuff like that, but yes. And one guy that refuses to believe it's not shorts weather and zero-degree temperatures. <laughs> He's just walking around kind of constantly saying, it's not that cold out,
3: guys. We get it. You're from Alaska.
2: Indeed. So eventually, do you all make your way to Starbucks, or kind of foxtrot, do you avoid the place altogether and wait for the rest of the team to show up before you start making your move on it? Yep. Yeah. So once you see some friendly faces, you walk in, and you see Pine kind of seated... She looks weird in this place. You've seen Pine in a variety of places prior to this, but like her at a table in a Starbucks with a bunch of, kind of vanilla envelopes pretending to work on like a novel or something. That's probably the strangest way you've seen her so far. She looks casual. She kind of, this is the most rested you've seen her ever potentially. Like she doesn't look just haggard and tired, but still looks a tad tired kind of thing. Kind of waves as you come in to kind of acknowledge she sees you. Kind of nods towards the table in front of her.
3: You order drinks, do not order drinks.
0: Lawrence gets her drink. She's get the largest
3: black coffee they have. Firestarter is absolutely getting a venti pumpkin spice latte with like three added shots. I think those might be out of season by then. By January? Ah. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Uh, gingerbread latte, it is.
2: Yeah, so that's, that's gingerbread season. That's uh dissolving a candy cane into a coffee and calling it a beverage. That's that season.
3: Mm-hmm. Gingerbread latte with three added shots.
1: Foxtrot. I guess I'll make my way over, and I will order a coffee, just black, small. How does Foxtrot
2: respond to the various naming conventions of Starbucks?
1: I just say small coffee, black.
2: And the barista tries to correct you, but then like realizes that might cost her her life.
1: Yeah, no, that that that's the fewer words, the better. So I'm just gonna say small well, coffee, black, and then just put my money on the counter. So.
2: Oh, you kind of eventually make your way to the seats, I assume. You kind of sit down, Pines waiting patiently for a close their laptop at this point, looks at you all. Agents, welcome to Ann Arbor, Michigan, and I guess the University of Michigan. We're going to try and give you a little more time on ice. Things seem to have slowed down some lately, but something has come to our attention that the flags suggest it might be of interest to, well, you. I won't ruin the surprise on this one, but you'll understand why we called you in for this, despite kind of your still, in the grand scheme of things, somewhat recent return from... Beautiful on the other side. Yes. I'm sure it was lovely, whatever hell exists in northern Vermont or southern Vermont, wherever the hell you were. Kind of, it's like, but to business. I slide slides one of the manila envelopes towards you. Uh, You are here to investigate a recent artifact that was brought into the Fraser Museum of Archaeology. It's a world-renowned archaeology museum located here on the campus of the University of Michigan. We have not one but two friendlies at this museum for, well, reasons that once you're there should probably become obvious to you. First of them is uh, Mr. Cornelius West. He is uh, an administration staff there. He will probably be your contact for trying to gain access to whatever you need there. And the other one is uh, Mr. Benedict Smith. We recommend only making contact with him to acknowledge each other's existences and leave him to do what he does. He works nights. His job is a little more specialized to our needs and kind of a, in emergencies only, if you will.
0: What does that mean? Is he a shooter? What's the hypothesis for a sec? Thanks.
2: Not so much, more of a, in case of emergency, a smasher. The Fraser Museum of Archaeology is. One of the largest funders, granters, explorers of archaeological digs. Many artifacts make their way through there. And in best business practices from our end, we have a variety of eyes in various places that handle these things to keep an eye out for something that maybe shouldn't make its way into the public eye and maybe needs to find itself falling off the table during cataloging and initial inspection. He is there in case something happens to go bump at night inside the museum. He's quite capable, though. He's uh, ex-Marines is my understanding. you um, have to talk to him yourself. He didn't quite qualify for our line of work, unfortunately. Again, you'll understand once you talk to
0: him. All right. What else do you have for us?
2: I have slides up. Like throws an envelope at you. I have some good and bad news. We have managed to secure some credentials for you. Kind of a grimaces for a quick second. The credentials may not be given the location you find yourselves in the most covert of opens up the envelope dumps three ice agent IDs under the table. I'm not sure if you know about this, but ice handles, well, cultural artifacts, specifically smuggling. And a common practice for smuggling is to stash items as part of archaeological dig returns and then just nab them for processing at museums. I would recommend using
3: these as sparingly as possible on campus. Oh uh, God, you kind of got that right. Who the hell wants to be an ICE agent?
0: Yep, on like seeing the IDs. Florence like chokes on her, her coffee a little and like coughs and she's like, I'm not going to pretend to be a fucking ICE agent. You couldn't have gotten us
3: like student IDs or maybe even just like janitor i could i could be a janitor you're asking me to be an ice agent
0: these people are worse than most of the cultists we deal with
2: She kind of shrugs at this she's like we need you to blend in we need people not to ask a lot of questions once you're inside the museum whatever the feelings of the people there about ice you are in theory the ones that would in theory be investigating this especially given the somewhat confusing nature of the delivery that we received I think it was about two months back or so, the museum received an anonymous donation. It was a large crate. Normally, these types of items are kind of arranged for beforehand, so there's proper staff and handling in place for it. It's a large crate, not so large it couldn't be easily delivered. It went through normal shipping channels, and the contents were confusing, hence how it first wound up on our radar. We're only bringing in agents now because it, the most interesting item out of the entire crate has gone missing. Both. Mr. West and Mr. Smith tagged the initial item of interest as potentially something we could care about, but nothing seemed to be happening of, well, note until its disappearance. Hence why we're here. They'll have more of the details for you. They've been somewhat tight-lipped about this, given the strangeness of the whole situation. It's bad, bad press for a university, after all, to lose artifacts, especially given the extensive collection they have and the international ties they have managed to
0: foster over their existence Any green boxes in the area
2: there's one it's a bit on the older side it predates um well even me as best as i can tell uh use as you see fit that slides the address for that i believe this one's located in a junkyard of some kind right why are we moving in starbucks kind of shrugs the museum is a quick walking distance that way i needed coffee There's not exactly a lot of covert boardrooms around here that we could use easily. I figured, I I don't know, agents. It's been trying several months. I'm glad things have calmed down, but a few moments of normalcy I can squeeze out of life. I try to
3: take these days. I suspect you've all done the same. Amen to that. Firestarter kind of raises his uh, gingerbread latte with. Pine probably not even kind of blinking or whatever. Have you just kind of reaches over? Oh, she
2: she grimaces at that. Like she can smell the peppermint off, which is just kind of like. Have a She's like, those
3: things will kill you faster than cigarettes and hard scotch will. You know what? I regularly partake in horse tranquilizer, so I'm here to have a good time, not a long time. I didn't hear that, agent. Wait, what? Yeah, come on. You don't know about ketamine. I'm pretty sure we could like probably find some sort of like. College student around here who probably has some. Jesus Christ! I suppose
2: that brings us to the last order of business as part of this. Um, you appear to have already met. I'm not quite sure the acquaintance would be, but uh yes, we have transferred Agent Firestarter here to the team. He comes from T Cell, an alma mater of a friend of yours, of our mutual friend, Agent Fiddlesticks, if you will, Agent Florence. Uh, he comes. Well, not highly recommended because we know how fiddlesticks is, but begrudgingly discharged. We know each other. Yeah, we're old work buddies. I have nods. At this very good. I expect the trend of excellence and success to continue. Do try and check in on this one in case something goes missing, so we don't find ourselves with another Vermont incident.
1: After hearing that, Fox Trotter Perker would say, "Are we done here?"
2: Y- yes, I, I suppose we are, Agent Fox You have. Museum to investigate and uh, a missing item to find. Cool.
3: I think I'm going to kick back and enjoy the rest of my drink as he just kind of slurps loudly. This is a campus uh, Starbucks after all.
1: Yeah. Yeah. As As soon as we get the debrief that it's done, I get up and just start heading back to my car. Sure.
2: Yeah. She kind of collects her things, kind of throws some stuff in a bag, gets up and kind of before she goes away to the last two of you at the table, kind of looks at you both. It is.
0: Good seeing you
2: again, Agent Florence, and uh, Agent Firestarter do take good care of the agents. Uh, with that,
0: good hunting. Oh, Pine, one thing before you go. Florence mm-hmm. is just going to pass back like the empty manila envelope and like make it obvious she can see like the tattoo on her hand and say, mm-hmm. I just don't want you to be surprised or think that I'm trying to hide something.
2: Pine kind of looks at this, looks at Firestarter, looks at the tattoo and kind of shrugs. She's like, We've all done things we come to regret, Agent Florence. May this not be one of.
0: Them. This whole job is regret, but that's what it's—that's what we uh, signed up for.
2: And she kind of nods at this. She's the 1st you we've ever seen, Like maybe crack part of a smile. She's kind of nods. She's like, "Well put." And she leaves, and it's less the two of you left here at this point. Part of the reason she probably picked the Starbucks is it's busy. A lot of people coming and going. Easy to lose oneself in the crowd.
0: Oh, I miss university vibe. I mean. You're kind of dealing
3: quite well within it. A palm tattoo? I mean, you barely even have... Do you have tattoos? No. Nope. Your first one, and you decided to pick an everlasting job stopper? All right.
0: I... Look, if I lose my job over it, sure, I'd make more in the private industry anyways. Hmm? I mean,
3: sure. I kind of expected, like, some regrettable tramp stamp like me or something like
0: that, but hey, uh, whatever floats your boat. It's for function rather than aesthetic. I mean, I figured you're kind of sporting around the elder sign.
1: Yeah,
3: I mean, it works, I think. Well, if anything, while we were talking, I was looking through my phone. Apparently Ann Arbor uh, is going to be a little bit more of a left-leaning place. Our credentials are going to be so hot, but you could probably ask somebody about your astrological sign or anything else like that. Uh, All you got to do is find the closest girl with a septum piercing. You said left-leaning, yeah? Yes. And I pull up my phone. Looks like Ann Arbor, Michigan has voted Democratic for the past couple elections. I'm going to
0: fit in perfectly here. I'm from California. And I'm from L.A., honey. We got gotcha. you. <laughs> she kind of like gives him like a, a, an approving like nudge. All right, let's go.
2: All right. I get up. And we're out. So you went out to the car agent, Foxtrot. What did you get? You go to the museum now? Like, what, what are you off to do at this point?
1: Well, I went over to my car and I basically was just about to text the group and say, we going or what? All right. Yeah, so you head over to the museum? Yep.
2: Yes, yeah, so you all arrive at the Fraser Museum of Archaeology. And it's a beautiful building. It's old, it's stone, it's gothic. It's got a tower built into it. It's probably not what you were expecting when you first heard you were going to an archaeology museum, but at the same time... This kind of fits. This feels oddly appropriate. You walk inside, it's more kind of a museum at that point. There's a reception desk. The receptionist mm-hmm. greets you at this point. Can I help you three?
3: Yeah, actually, we are here to see the archivist. Or actually, can we talk to the archivist? Is the archivist uh, available? I'd have to check the schedule.
2: Um, uh, what is this about? Uh, we weren't expecting, I guess, any guests today, I and mean, stuff that I was told about. Um, do you have any identification you can give me or anything like that?
0: out of character the archivist is cornelius west right
2: No, he works in administrative staff he's not the true archivist he's more middle management of that type of stuff again this is part of a university so it's not just a museum it's got other stuff going on that has to be part of it like it's got students to organize he's
1: yeah
3: archivists are usually state jobs anyway or like yeah city jobs so it could be a little more uh push a little bit more influence and power um, over museum archivists if it's for if it was like a national history museum, it gets a little bit more tricky. But if it's attached to a college, it's a state funded museum. Yeah. Well, we're here for a couple of little investigations here and there. I mean, nothing too crazy. We just had a couple of questions.
2: Kind of looks are you confused. I- investigations? Are you police we're, or something? We're doing research. Yeah, that's probably a better word for that. She seems kind of confused by this. Uh, well, uh, the exhibits are listed here, kind of gestures at the exhibits. Are you hoping to meet with someone or something? I can try and get in contact with them for you if you want.
0: Yeah, maybe we can come back and make that appointment later. We just wanted to go through and take a look at some of your items. We're working on a paper. We can't really talk too much about it yet, but, you know.
2: Uh, understood. Uh, please enjoy the museum. Obviously, don't touch anything. Kind of laughs at our own bad joke there. Uh, feel free to look around. We have a couple touring exhibits. Um, yeah, those little uh, self-tour tapes. I don't think we... Do that sir oh all right
0: we're gonna go now thank you
2: So just kind of wander the museum at this point or what
0: yeah i guess yeah
2: yeah I, it's it's an impressive museum they don't take the phrase archaeology lightly in this case large collection of egyptian things various greek things roman stuff lots of items though not just paintings and stuff like it's all physically stuff you could hold and knowing what you know about delta green the fact that they are keeping an eye on this place makes a little bit more sense. It's one thing if like a book or a manuscript kind of wafts through somewhere,
3: but these are physical items. These are potentially physically problems. You know, we probably should have talked about our cover or something like that as we're kind of going by. I mean, you're kind of rich, right? Could we say that we're potential donors or sponsors of the museum? I mean, you're kind of young. Do you want Foxtrot and I be your gay parents so that way you can get in and finally get the education that you want.
2: You have ice badges. Like, it would make sense for you to be here if you're investigating something.
3: I know, but, like...
1: (laughs) uh... We are morally opposed (laughs) to pretending (laughs) to be ice. I'd like to point out, Foxtrot has never once said anything about being opposed to this. He's just kept quiet about it.
3: Yeah. (laughs) As an L.A. firefighter, in character, I'm going to be a little... eh, about ice agents.
0: Maybe I, um... I don't know, the whole academic scene, like campuses and whatnot. This is kind of like my whole field, basically. I mean, I come and I'm a guest teacher at universities sometimes. So maybe I should do the talking to people here. I don't know. Well, I mean, here's the thing.
3: You have a you have doctor in front of your name, and I'm pretty sure that's not just some weird sort of thing where you just want to be doctor. So I'll go ahead and let you kind of lead on that for sure, for sure.
2: But I will say you do have two names you could invoke kind of thing. Like you do in theory have two contacts here that are probably at least one that's probably alerted that your presence is going to show up here. It makes sense to alert at least one friendly that we're sending agents in.
0: Maybe we should go hunt down this uh, Cornelius guy. And maybe they said Bendik works here. Let's see if we can find him while we're walking around. Gotcha, gotcha.
3: Well, I think we burned ourselves on that person. There's got to be like another, I don't know student volunteer or student staff member here we can kind of bother so the reality of her caring enough to remember
2: is low kind of thing people also kind of do museum trips and then contact someone there all the time type of thing like it makes sense you're there you want to see the museum it's like oh by the way we are we're here to see cornelius west like it's not i don't know like it's it's not it's don't overthink going back and be like hey we actually uh, need to talk to cornelius west while we're here
0: yeah here i'll, I'll go ask really fast gotcha uh, Florence will go back up to the desk.
2: Uh, welcome back. Uh, can I help you with anything?
0: Uh, yeah, actually, uh, can we, we need to speak with Cornelius West for a little bit?
2: Oh, certainly. I'll call him now for you. Uh, is he expecting you?
0: Uh, yeah, tell him it's Florence.
2: Picks up a phone, calls up to a, kind of does the intercom system to some other part of the building. And kind I'm of like, uh, "There's a, a Florence here to see you." Yeah, she said her name was Florence. Kind of like a long pause. Oh, oh, okay. Oh, yes, yes, of course, of course. Um, I what's on the phone. He'll be right down to greet you. Um will your will the rest of your party be joining him or are they gonna stay in the museum? Uh not sure. Uh, very good, I suppose. Um is this your first time in Ann Arbor, Michigan?
0: Um I don't know if it would have been Florence's first time here. I don't know if she's ever been called to come out to this university.
2: That's fair, yeah. It's you want it's big me to just roll a,
0: a luck check.
2: Yeah, why not? Um so
0: success thirty seven out of fifty. So does that mean that she's been out here before?
2: I'll say, yeah, it doesn't really matter that much. She's just making conversation to kill time.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, I've been here a couple of times. The campus is beautiful. I love it.
2: And nods at this. Yeah, well, welcome back. You've gotten here in a kind of uh, unfortunate time of year, I guess. Uh, They probably warned you about the cold, but yeah, no, uh, he should be around just any minute now kind of thing. Make some small talk. And eventually kind of Cornelius does make his entrance. So the older man kind of. Late fifties, early sixties type of thing. He's kind of going ball. He's got that kind of halo of hair on the sides. He looks like he works in museum administration. He is a stereotypical person that works in kind of the back of house running right of the museum, if you will. Got glasses, well, on the shorter side, type of thing, kind of comes down the stairs for you. Ah, yes, um, Miss Florence, um Dr. Florence, I believe, uh kind of looks around. I was expecting two of your other colleagues to join you for this. Um, I've been expecting you. So sorry about that. I I hope you have enjoyed the museum while you've been here. Uh, We're very happy to have you here. Um,
0: Oh, yeah, it's lovely. Um, Florence is going to motion for um, Firestarter and John to to follow.
3: I kind of perk up at um, the little hand signal, and I just kind of ditty on over. Yeah, I'll just follow. It's a beautiful exhibit system you got here. Kind of, the guy beams at this. Why, thank you. Uh, as a
2: curator of history, I I pride myself on the work. Obviously, I can't take much credit for it. I just kind of work in the administrative department, kind of keep the numbers together, keep staff happy and whatnot. But it's important to be part of things. It's kind of like beams. He's very happy about his job and stuff like that. But uh, but yes, uh, come with me. Kind of like these are a side door. It's got a key. I'm in it real quick. Um, Then you have kind of the back of the house areas of the museum. Uh, right right this way, We'll we'll take you to what you're here to see. Ooh, I feel like Indiana Jones. It's kind of the big heavy door, kind of slam shut behind you after you're all in there, and kind of detenses up some. Oh, thank God you're here. I it's been a while since we had to make a call to the the organization. Um, thank you for getting here so quickly. Uh, admittedly, it's a bit embarrassing. We have not afforded the authorities yet of the. Or we suspect it this is the theft. We've had items go missing before in the past. Hopefully, if you need be your your cover of kind of investigating missing smuggled goods holds up. Kind of pauses for a sec, points back at the door. Does she know that you're here as ICE agents? Not yet. Very good, very good. A smart precaution on your part. I, based on our staff here, I might recommend kind of holding back the badges
3: as long as you can. I,
2: none of you are actually ICE agents, right? I, I, I don't want to speak ill of your organization. If oh, so,
3: speak. For oh God, part. speak speak ill all
2: you want. Nods at this. Well, uh, let, let's catch you up to speed some on this one, I suppose. Kind of like starts like scratching his head. Somebody's walking, kind of going past all these back of house doors, big kind of metal stuff, lots of air seals on them. Nothing like military career, but again, like this is the actual part of museum. This is the archaeological parts. This is where they do the recoveries and the castings
3: and kind of the the real work of the place, if you will. So uh, what exactly happened? Did like a mummy come to life or something started talking? Kind of laughs at this. Oh, if only it was, well, that simple. So.
2: About three months ago, now I'd have to get the exact date. A a crate arrived. I believe Pine briefed you on all of this. Uh, not nothing too abnormal about this in our line of work. Large wooden crates full of stuff show up all the time. It's how you ship these things. Big items require big boxes, if you will. What was strange was the contents of this box. We have temporarily placed it under a. We'll call it quarantine of sorts to keep people away from it. The contents of the box were unremarkable. In fact, included a few what we suspect to be modern day replications of artifacts, except for a mask, a a carved stone mask. Everything in the box seemed to suggest Egyptian of some kind, but based on kind of initial findings by our um, our, kind of our lead archaeologist here. Something seems off, like it's almost like someone dumped a bunch of random Egyptian artifacts into a box and then shipped it off to us. That doesn't make any sense, obviously, which was initially what got our kind of curiosity up and why initially alerted, well, you know, about this whole situation. My colleague, uh, Mr. Smith, will confirm this, but there's something off about the mask. Of everything in the box, it stands out despite being completely unremarkable. There's a creepiness to it. Uh, Obviously, went through normal channels, ran up the flagpole, unloaded you all to its um, situation. The the findings are in there as well, kind of thing. You can can get out of that in a couple of minutes. We weren't really all that concerned with it until it was, well, stolen seven days ago now. Given the nature of these things and given kind of the strangeness of the box, we have not alerted the authorities yet. Uh, it's, we do want to process this through as fast as possible though. That leads it to a door, kind of opens it up. And there's just in the middle of the room, a large wooden kind of plank box with a couple stamps on the side of it. Looking at it, you can tell it's kind of eight feet wide by 12 feet long by four feet tall. Lid's been popped off of it inside of this bunch of kind of packing materials. On the table, kind of in the room, there's a couple small artifacts pulled out of it. And yeah, he's right. There's no kind of obvious connection. A lot of them are kind of big greens of some kind. Like it's, it's typical Egyptian artifact stuff, but nothing at first glance that seems especially cohesive. Yeah, that's that's the crate. I have gestures at it. Uh, do what you need to with it. I can send whoever you need into here. We have some assistants that are grad students we can have you talk to if you want to get a sense of that. I can get the full rosters for you for that. I can send Dr. Brennan in here too. She's the head archaeologist here that's handling all of this stuff. She was doing the initial examination on that. She explained her notes. I kind have of gestures at a pile of notes. Uh, the notes are there. The shipping manifesto there that we had attached to it. Uh, everything I could find for you is there. Um, maybe we're being a tad paranoid, but this is the type of weird stuff that we were told to, well, alert people about. And, um, who's we? Oh, I, I believe you were told about him. Our, my Benedict Smith, our night security
0: chief. I just wanted to make sure that the doctor wasn't in everyone else or or see who was
2: friendly. Oh, no. Uh, Me and uh, Mr. Smith have a working relationship, if you will. He handles the nighttime part of keeping an eye on things, and I handle the daytime uh, part of things. I believe he's ex-military of some kind. uh, Marines, I think he mentioned once. He's a bit of a depressing fellow, if you will. We're glad we could offer him a job here with the whole Wounded Warriors program. He found us once. Yes, the man seems troubled, but he's a fantastic night security guard.
0: Do you happen to have camera footage from the night the item was stolen?
2: We don't, and that's the problem. I, I can dig up what we have for you. You'll have to sift through it yourself, but our initial kind of reviewing of the tapes didn't reveal anything. That's where it gets strange. It was even, in theory, checked back in, kind of gestures at like a locked cabinet type of thing. It was even checked back into its right location for all that. How it was removed without us finding out about that is, bizarre there was some electrical interference with the recording devices kind of points at several of the cameras around the room don't worry i'll handle your identities as part of this kind of like what's the camera in the room with you that's already off in fact it's been off since i was notified you were here we'll call it a technical malfunction
0: you have pictures of the mask
2: yes they're they're over there in the files
0: all right can you send benedict our way please
2: I will let him know you want to talk to him once he arrives. Again, he works nights, kind of looks at his watch. He should be arriving in, oh, it's about 3 PM. Now we'll say two or three hours. His shift starts at seven. You have a phone
0: number that I can get.
2: I could provide you with that. You can just wait for him to show up though too. I suspect you'll have plenty in the boxes to keep you busy until his arrival. Oh
0: yeah. I meant, I meant yours.
2: Oh, of, of, course, of course, of course. Yes. Kind of like hands you a business card and uh, my cell phone numbers on the back of that. I already, prepare this in case you need it and my office number is there on the front
0: um lawrence will in turn give him a, a number with her burner on it and say if you need to update us vex me or call me
2: i have nods enthusiastically at this pauses for like oh i should probably give you these kind of gets you some id cards and they kind of say ice officers on them i'm sorry about the ice but i had to do official id cards they'll give you limited run of the place you'll be able to get access to this part of the building now from the back entrance where kind of the staff comes in and That'll give you access to this room. I have a program to do such um, and to the bathrooms and the break area and whatnot. Uh, yeah, uh, we have a full staff here. Most people weren't involved with it. It's kind of a small, weird thing that we started cutting the grad students loose on just to kind of give them a chance to analyze stuff and do a full unpacking process. Oh, you probably want the names of all of those. Um, the people involved were Christina Wick, uh, Victor Yu, Veronica Chase, Saeed Bashir, Uh, Sabrina Tejo, and um, the new guy, uh, Brian Mead. It's all on the list over there, too.
0: All right. We'll probably set up interviews with them.
2: I have nods at this. Uh, Between you and me, if I had to guess of any of our grad students that were involved, I'd guess Veronica. She's
3: an odd one. (laughs)